This is the MLW Radio Network. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy, Blackheart, the head honcho off the top roast podcast. If you love independent and professional wrestling and like all the juicy gossip of the wrestling industry, then look no further than here, OTTR Headquarters. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitch, and Facebook groups, and whatever that you get your podcast from with our, with our latest Last Week of Wrestling, After Darts, Under Boss's Hard Taste, and now a new upcoming trivia game show, Wrestling Every, coming soon. So if you like what you've seen, you love professional wrestling, you love independent wrestling, you love everything about wrestling just yourself, give us a tune. You know, you would not regret it. Blackheart out. Everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. But when it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to ShiningWizards.com where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. Are you tired of prediction shows? Do you want to fantasy book the companies? Does Bigfoot even really exist? If you answered yes to any of those questions, then check out the podcast that isn't a podcast. Every Tuesday and Thursday, the standing streamer stands and delivers as he and Vanessa talk about all that's going on in pro wrestling today. Plus, see in-depth conversations with people in and around the wrestling world as guests share their stories and insights about making it in the business. The Putting You Over Podcast. Putting your weeknights over every Tuesday and Thursday. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening and good night. My name is Thomas and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah, yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. For we shared a room. Thought I knew your face. Yeah, we so go we... way back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do. We do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Brocast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah. Well, what do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books. We're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also, check us out on Twitter at the Broadcast. That's B R O. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Ending. Yeah, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. Two Heels and a Face Wrestling Podcast believes wrestling is a buffet. There's something there for everyone. These guys cover local Chicago indie scene, and all of their episodes can be found at twoheelsandaface.com. The number two heelsandaface.com Hey everyone, my name is referee Tony S and this is Heat, the wrestling podcast. Like you first and foremost, I'm a wrestling fan and for nearly two decades I've maintained law and order inside the squared circle in New England and throughout the country, working with some of the best and brightest from wrestling's past, present, and future. Now, I bring my authoritative tell-it-like-it-is style to the podcast world. Join me each week as we go through all the major headlines from the global companies, independents, and in-between. 
and most importantly, the women will receive the coverage and headlines they truly deserve as they'll empower the second half of the show. Plus, I'll introduce you to my friends and colleagues within all forms of wrestling and entertainment, answer your questions, anything goes, no holds, well, questions barred, and throw in some fun surprises along the way. Get ready for the spark that fuels the flame. Listen on Spotify, Anchor, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to another episode of the Front Row Material Brand. My name is Mike Freeland, and as always, we are brought to you by the MLW Radio Network. You can catch all of our shows streaming on the MLW Radio Network and any other platform that we happen to stream our stuff on, such as StreamYard, which we do. We also have uh, iTunes. We also have Spotify and all other places in between. But we thank you for choosing to listen to our show. Mr. Butt, how you doing, buddy? I am fantastic, Mike. How are you doing, buddy? You know what? If I was uh, if I was any better, I'd be twins and about eighty pounds less. But uh, other than that, I have zero complaints right now in the world. Fantastic! I love it. So a lot of different things going on in the world of wrestling. But I think the first thing I want to kind of get your opinion on is AEW and their pay per views. Now we know that they do four pay per views a year, four big ones, right? But there seems to be a lot of scuttlebutt going on line right now about the price point. $50 or $59.99. I'm not really quite sure which, which one it was. It seems to be a little steep for a product, especially when people are saying they can watch WWE. Um, they can pay for the pay-per-view. Or you could just subscribe to the Peacock for, what is it, $9 a month, $7 a month, whatever it may be. What's your... Okay, what's your take on the whole concept of fifty nine ninety nine or whatever it is for an AEW pay per view? Do you think they're pricing themselves out? It's rich. I mean, it's it's definitely high. Uh, I won't pay it. I'll be honest with you. I mean, sixty bucks, fifty bucks, sixty bucks is a lot of money. No matter how you look at it, you know, especially in today's day and age, uh, you can't tell me that they couldn't pull off a. you know, you're still, you'll probably get more people. You'll do a quantity thing as opposed to do 50. Hey, we we having a, a little bit of a glitch issue right here. Are you still with us? Uh, I'm here now. I'm back now. We good? Yeah, we're back here. We're good. All right. We had a little bit of a glitch in the uh, in the connection here. But so you were saying the price break point would probably be for a product right now with a company in their third year. You know, it's twenty ninety nine, maybe twenty four ninety nine. You would feel reasonably. Uh, happy with a price point like that, correct? Oh, for sure. Twenty-five bucks to thirty bucks, I think, is fair. Um, do you, do you really want to be getting into the sixty dollars, fifty dollars, sixty dollars? It's a lot. I mean, you know, it's not going to break the bank. No, but it'll make you think twice about it. But you want to try to draw some fans, get some more people in. Nor do you sacrifice, hey, yeah, we're 25 30 bucks, but we get 
X number of people versus we're 50-60. And we get two-thirds of those people. I don't know. Yeah, financially, if you get two-thirds, you're still further ahead. But you want to grow your product. You want more fans. So then down the road, hopefully you'll have more pay-per-view buys. You know, more merch, T-shirts, so on and so forth. I think that would be a, a better bet. You get a lot of people that are are serious wrestling fans. Is still, I'm not, I'm not paying sixty bucks. Sorry, fellow, not happening. This is just too much. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. I mean, fifty to sixty dollars. I mean, the the other side of the spectrum is going to be people are going to say, well, you're only it's only four times a year, which is fine, but the problem is is that you're already having a hard time selling tickets. You're trying to fill the arenas mm-hmm. right now, and their price point with the tickets for the arena shows are, are still ridiculous. I remember you telling me that if you and your wife were going to go and you were going to travel somewhere, I think the closest one you said was about two hours away, by the time you do hotel, dinner, you, you know, get tickets, get something at the show, you're, you're looking at two grand, and it just yep. feels like AEW is just they're 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 charging caviar level prices when we're getting a lot less uh, i don't want to necessarily say quality but i just don't feel like i'm getting my values worth with a 50 or 60 dollar pay-per-view no i agree with you 100 percent. it's caviar prices and a bologna product you all right there bud yeah yeah i had a really weird itch and uh i don't know what's going on here i'd uh, basically contort my body a certain way that hasn't happened you could do that. Camp. Okay. Yeah, I, so am I. I'm, I'm sure I'm going to wake up tomorrow morning uh, not feeling so hot, but uh, oh, it's like a fleas or something. Oh. Well, but I mean, 60 bucks if you're an established quantity or commodity, sorry. Like, I don't know what WWE pay-per-views are now. Uh, I, have, I have the WWE Network, but I don't know what their pay-per-views go for. But if you're talking 60, 70, 50, whatever, that's like UFC charges that. Some of the boxing pay-per-views are bigger money than that again. But it's, it's still a lot. You know, you're easier to get people in at 25, 30 than when you're at 50, 60. Now, when you say 50 or 60, is that 50 or 60 American? Yes. Okay, so now you're 75 Canadian. Oh, I see. Well, it was 60, 75, depending on the exchange at the time. Uh, no. Wow. Oh, I'm just not. For, for what, a three-hour show? So for about three hours. bucks show. an hour? Sorry, bud. Can't see me doing that. Yeah, I was looking here internationally because if you don't have, if you don't have Peacock and you don't have the network itself, you are looking at, yeah, forty nine ninety nine for AEW, and then I was looking at WWE. WWE, if you have to go pay per view, you're looking at forty four ninety nine, and so I guess it's somewhat in the competitive range, but not really for the simple fact that there's other ways to get WWE's product at a cheaper price break. You could either get peacock or you could get the network and save substantial amount of money yeah so okay so it's 45 you looked it up so once again american american so correct we're gonna be for me 60 probably something like that 
No, WWE is charging me 60. AEW is charging me 65.70. Right. Um, WWE has been around a long time. You know, well established. Right now they're hotter than hot from what I keep reading and whatnot. Or do I spend a little bit extra for AEW? Uh, AEW is going to lose that deal, but if I'm if I'm ordering a pay per view, one's going to be cheaper, more established. No, especially if you're a casual fan. If you're a casual fan, it's a no brainer. I was about to say if you, right? if you're not like one of us and you're just hey I want to find something to do, and you decide that's a hell of an investment. Mm-hmm. Wow. But, you know if you get three or four or five of the guys or girls, whatever it would be, friends come over. It's not so bad, but still it's, you know, these day and age, nobody hangs out here anymore. No, they don't. They really don't. This is hanging out with your friends. What we're doing here now. What we're doing right now. How many miles away are we? I don't know. Far. Yes. As you like to put it, I'm in a foreign country. Well, yeah, I mean, you are in another country. Let's be honest. We're on the same continent, but you're in another country. So, yeah, but what is the definition of a foreign country? Let me look that up for a second. I'm sure technically I'm in a foreign country, but, you know, Jesus. Well, I mean, you know what? I don't know how well our friendship would be if you were in Zimbabwe. Here we go. Foreign countries. There are 159 foreign countries in the world. It's impossible to live in more than one place at one time, yada, yada, yada. Okay, so here's the foreign countries, the list of them as of 2022. So let's see. I'm on world populace. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, 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 Canada, yeah. I would have thought a foreign country is anything other than the country you live in. Let's see here. They're showing images. Okay. All right. I'm going to give you a couple places here. Uh, Adorna. Never heard of Adorna before. Adorna. It's a European. It's in Europe. So that is a foreign country. Adorna. Uh, North America is a foreign country. Holy shit. But it's a continent. It is a continent. You're correct. You're correct. Um, there's 150, how did I say 159 or 195? 150 something. Yeah. This is 150 something. So anyway, foreign countries, I'm not going to go through all this because I'm not that, uh, savvy with the interwebs here, but, uh, let's just say in another country, I don't speak to people typically who are in other countries, like outside of, of, of you in Canada. I don't know if I've spoken to somebody like live in the, well, I don't know if I should say that. I interviewed, oh my gosh, I feel so bad. Jack Evans. Jack Evans. Yep. He was in Mexico when I interviewed him. So I That's have where he lives now. This is true. This is yeah. where he lives. So Mexico. So other than that, I haven't talked to anybody else who lives in any other country. But uh, yeah, the, the, paper, the pay-per-view aspect of it. I mean, do you remember when In Your House was a thing way back in the day? It was super reasonable, like 1995, which wasn't uh, bad, but. But I mean, you think at 20 bucks. Okay, so Saturday, 
Sunday, whatever, you're kicking around the house. It's 20 bucks, 30 bucks. I'll throw That's that on. That's not bad. Right, but it's just 20 or 30 bucks. Who cares? You're not going to, you'll still pay your, your mortgage or your rent or whatever. You're still going to have groceries. 25, 20, 25, 30 bucks. You can't go see a movie for that. No, you can't. And see, that's the other thing, though. With um, with pay-per-view, I think you only have it for... Now, see, I haven't ordered something on pay-per-view before. I've always gone to someone's house <laughs> and chipped in. Shocking. But um, sure you did. Yeah, I did, sort of. Um, so my question would be, do you get pay-per-view for, like, after it ends? Do you get it for another 24 hours, or is there a certain... I think you just get it. That's it. Oh, that... It starts at 9, it's over at... Mid, excuse me, midnight. That's yeah, it. It's over. That's it. I think that's what it's been. Whenever I've had pay per view, I haven't had pay per view in, in in a spell now. Yeah. Well, speaking of the very first in your house, um, it had Diesel versus Psycho Sid way back in 1995, and it sold 332 thousand pay per views. Holy crap. That's a lot of pay-per-views. That's what I was going to say. That's not a bad number. It's not. So basically, here we go. Uh, bah, bah, bah. So back at the time, WWE had monthly pay-per-views, held the Big Five. Remember the Big Five? Mm-hmm. And those were $29.95 apiece, while the in-your-house shows were $14.95 apiece. But still, you're still getting a good show for a couple of hours. I mean, you really can't beat that. So... No, you need to figure out, okay, 95, that was quite a few years ago, so you couldn't do 15 bucks like you could then, but you could do 25, I bet. Yeah, you with, definitely with could. inflation and everything, that'd probably work out to be the same. Absolutely, you could definitely go a little bit higher than that. And I think the big reason why WWE ended up going with a streaming service, first the network, then Peacock, was because their cut of the twenty nine ninety five was $10. So instead of going through that whole rigmarole, they said, you know what, let's just go ahead and let's get our own our own 10 bucks right off the bat so we're not having to, to deal with all this and wait for the check to come in to get paid so you can pay your talent. So anyway. Do you think AEW could pull off a network at this point? Probably not, eh? You mean their own network? Yes. Oh, gosh. Like, you know, WWE or Peacock for you guys in the states do you think they could do they'd have to bring in if they brought in the ring of honor um catalog no maybe scoop up now lucha underground triple a get stuff then they could but on aew alone i don't think they could i agree not enough meat on the bone there there's not and i don't think you're going to get enough people who are going to say you know for the product who's been in three years in existence that you're going to get that and i'll even tell you this AEW 2019 when it started, 2020, really good. And then we saw a change in 2021, in my opinion. Things started to change, and then definitely in 2022, things changed again. And it was like it used to be the guys that were the big and -and up-and-comers on the independent circuits, the guys who were looking for an opportunity. And then all of a sudden, and I almost feel like it was almost like a, maybe it's a business strategy to feed your competition all this extra stuff you know what i mean because you know they're going to go after it and then have them bloat their books and then not know what they're going to do with all these people 
and then almost in, in some way kind of like uh, sabotaging your, your competition. Does that make any sense when I explain it that way? It does. Uh, I don't agree, but it does. I mean, if we're going to talk about bloated, well, then that's AEW is bloated. I mean, we've had this conversation umpteen times. We've had it on air. We've had it in private. Yep. That's just too much. They have way too much talent. Not all under contract, but still have them all. And a quarter of them get any airtime. Freeland, I know you don't want to hear it, but AEW is WCW 2.0. Well, you might not be wrong about that. And once again, a billionaire started this company. A billionaire started WCW. They had the unlimited checkbook, unlimited checkbook here. There's a lot of things. All they did was scoop up talent from other promotions instead of doing homegrown. So, yes, I will admit there is a lot of similarities. And I feel like in some ways, and I'm not saying this to disparage Tony Khan, I think he he really, I mean, He's a fan, but my wonder is, and my worry is, is he too much of a fan, if that makes sense? 100% he is. Like, if I had the money to buy a wrestling company, here's what I would do. I would go ahead and I would find who I highly respected as some really great minds in wrestling, and I would say, hey, I want you guys to run the company, and I'm going to come in and watch, and I'm going to sit in on all the meetings, And at some point in time, I'm going to have more to say and more to say, but bring me along. But I'm not just going to be the be-all, end-all right from the get-go. It it can't be that way. Um, It just can't be that way, in in my opinion. You're not going to be successful because think about all these different things. Think about a good quarterback in the NFL. They sit behind a veteran for a while, right? Mm -hmm. You know, your Aaron Rodgers sat behind Brett Favre for a long time. Tom Brady sat behind Drew Bledsoe for the Patriots for a long time. It's one of these deals where unless you sit under the learning tree and you actually ask questions and you are engaged with people who have done this before, and you're you're just following your own ideas, some people are natural geniuses, but that's few and far between. Name the last guy that came along that was legit a genius. Heyman. Paul. Didn't have the bankroll. But still, Jim, um, Jim Crockett? I think Jimmy did a lot of good. He did a he, lot of he good. He did a ton of good. But, I mean, yeah. you know, uh, Cornette? Uh, pretty smart dude. Um, now, whether or not he grew with the times can be debated. No. Well, that's, no, it can't be debated. No, that cannot be debated. Nobody in the right mind. And I love Cornette. But yeah. he's 25 years ago. Right. Like Southern wrestling, not so much now. Kind of wish it was sometimes, but it, it's not. The world's changed. Everything's changed. We got to move on. Right. He's still, he's a genius. Though. Well, but how many federations have come along and just been dog shit? Just I mean, somebody with money. They thought they knew what they were doing, and it was just terrible. You can't hot shot. No. Like the no. South did that a lot back in the territory days. They would hot shot, bring in whoever it would be, 
but it was for short amounts of time. You could keep cycling guys around, bring this guy in for three months, six months, you know, but then loser leaves town match or something like that. And then you bring, you, you can do that for short amounts of time, but you can't just do an extended hot shotting because it doesn't work because you get tired of the talent. You get tired of the same match. You get tired of the same feud. I don't care how great the storytelling is. If a feud goes on for too long, and especially in today's day and age where nobody has the attention span of a squirrel, you just can't. <laughs> no, you can't have a two-year feud anymore. You can't. That's and true. Not people, people want an instant payoff. Right. Six months, that's about it. A year, that's stretching it. But okay, I'll give you that. There's no more than that. People want instant. I want to see no two talent mouthing at each other this week. I want to see him wrestle, you know, next week. So I'm like, the heel's going to cheat. It's going to go back and forth for a little bit. Cut some promos, pay-per-view in a couple months' time. Okay, move on. That's just the way everything is now. Not just wrestling. Society. It has changed. From the territory they see. Can't, the only way you can hot shot is bring guys talent, sorry, in for short amounts of time. But that doesn't work either. You can't just keep bringing, because then it's just going to be a rotation of, you know, so and so was in AEW for six months. Now he's with GCW for six months. And then they're going on to TNA for six months. Then MLW for six. Uh, that won't really work either. We can't run it like the territories used to be. It was interesting you were talking about that because I was looking at XPW, and this is so weird because I, I guess it's defunct, but I guess there is, I don't know. So XPW, and if you heard about that promotion, it was by Rob Black. Yeah, it was the run by a porn guy. Yeah, the porn guy. He was married to Lizzie Borden, who was a... Uh, a porn star, and it was out of California. Yep. And it was supposed to be, I guess, the new version of ECW. But more so violent. They were, way like more was, violent. It was, wow. Yeah. Way more, and it, and it didn't end up working out. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was a soap opera with wrestling, but it involved the porn stars in his porn company. Um, I, I guess the point I'm trying to make in all this is, to kind of piggyback off of what you said, there's a ton of companies who come and go. There's a lot of them and they just don't end up having what it takes to keep up. They, people dump a lot of money into these things mm -hmm. and it's just, it's just kind of the way it is. But you know, when you're selling a product to your consumer, you have to make sure that you're giving them what they feel monetarily is a value for them. And I think, with AEW, there have been so many changes, and I feel like there's a bad taste in people's mouths, too, with AEW. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's this stigma, whether it's true or not, that there's always turmoil. Tony's too much of a fan. He should be other on the other side of the guardrail. There's no real leadership in the company. There's too many belts. Women don't get enough of a push. People who've only been wrestling in the business a couple of years are seen on TV. Um... And then if someone becomes available, they're going to immediately scoop them up. All that is 100% accurate. And, and, and I feel like that's the thing. I feel like that's the big deal. And, you know, when you, look at, when you look at AEW in a nutshell, 
I wonder if I wonder if Cody ever looked at AEW as his final destination, meaning this is my final stop or because a lot of people he recently mentioned that when he left AEW, it wasn't because of Tony Khan. It wasn't because of the issue with the young bucks. It wasn't a, an issue because he was not going to have more say so in the product or that he was going to be in charge of ring of honor. It was because at the end of the day, he still wanted to win the big one and he'd never accomplished that. And he wanted one more shot before he got too old, but it was like, wait a minute, you, you start a company and you intentionally bash your old employer. You know, you're, you're, you're poking the bear here. And then all of a sudden you decide to go back there's something more to this story. Would you agree? But there's more that we may never know. But there is a definite reason and a definite moment that Cody decided that AEW was not for him anymore. 100%. Uh, I think there's, like everything, there's backstage, political drama, whatever you want to call it, anywhere. In AEW, uh, WWE, uh, WBC with boxing, it's, there's always going to be backstage, behind the curtain drama, you know, politicking back and forth. I think Cody is smart enough because you got to think the family he's coming from, his dad and brother, they're kind of big deals in the wrestling world, to put it mildly. You know, and he's had a great run pre AEW, been around a while. I think he probably seen as a Listen, things are getting bad here. There's a lot of nonsense and foolishness. And sooner or later, it has to. You can only throw so much you know, gas on a fire before it gets out of control. And I think that's kind of what he might have seen coming on. I think when AEW started, and Cody was one of the catalysts for it, their, their image, their idea was fantastic. It just didn't pan out. I don't think quite how Cody wanted it. No, due to, to various reasons, I'm sure. It's not like there's one thing that caused him to be like, uh, but at the end of the day, WWE is still the top of the heap. Like it or lump it, they are the biggest organization. You know, definitely in North America, most likely in the world. I mean, New Japan, they're big and whatnot, but WWE, everybody knows that. Right? And I'm sure even across the water, everybody knows WWE if you're a wrestling fan. You don't yeah. need to be a big wrestling fan, but even a casual. Everybody knows Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior, Stone Cold, The Rock, so on and so forth. So at the end of the day, yeah, you, he wanted to get AEW going. I think things weren't quite panning out the way it was. There was rumors there was a money issue there as well. Take that with a grain of salt. I mean, it's from the dirt sheet, so you, you never know how much truth is to that. But he, you know, he he left. He proved his point. He got AEW going. They were going in the right direction at one point. They've kind of veered off a little bit right now. I hope they can get sorted out again. But maybe Cody was just like, no, this, this is going to hell in a handbasket. I'm out. No, the leadership is not what I thought it was. I'm going back to Vince, Triple H now, and I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, chase the the big dream, you know. I'm gonna chase the belt and 
You never know. Who's to say he won't go back to AEW at some point? Could happen. It's, things happen, you know. Wouldn't be the first talent to leave one organization and bounce back and bounce back. Look at Ric Flair. Right? Yeah. He did it. I mean, I mean, that's big comparison to be compared to Ric Flair, but he did it. Lots of talent have. Hulk did it. Well, I, I think the big thing also, and I just started thinking about this. You know, when they did All Out, or All In, God, I always get the two confused. When they did that first show, and it sold out uh, within X amount of minutes, right? Mm-hmm. I think a big reason why it sold out so quickly, and I think why it did well on pay-per-view, because it was something new. You know, it, it was the it was the new toy under the Christmas tree. I think people wanted to check it out because we were so sick of being spoon-fed, you know, the WWE's product. We'd had John Cena shoved down our throat for a long time, but yet John was not that hard hard to digest. But it, the Roman Reigns stuff was really painful because, you know, he forced it on us. So my point, though, is I think it was interesting, but when you look at the, the roster, okay, so here's some of the people that are on the very first AEW roster. Cody, Matt, Nick Jackson, Kenny Omega, Hangman Adam Page, Jericho Pack. But then you've got guys like Joey Janela, Christopher Daniels, Frankie Kazarian, um, uh, Takahiro Yamamura, uh, T-Hawk, L. Lindemann. Uh, who else do you have on here? Sonny Kiss, uh, Peter Avalon. And I'm not trying to crap on these people, but it, it just, and the list goes on and on and on. Some of these people weren't meant to be primetime players. And I hate to say it, but some of these people were very indie-rific, meaning they they did not really look comfortable on screen on national television. They, they just didn't. A lot of these people definitely had a lot of work that they still had to do. So I'm wondering if it started out that way and then it was like, well, you know what, maybe we need to give the roster some time. And then I wonder if it was a situation of, okay, you know, we're going to need to get a TV deal renewed at some point in time. And maybe some of these guys just aren't attracting eyeballs. So maybe we need to have a combo of young and old, which as we know is not a bad, is not a bad recipe, right? No. Have the older, have the newer, have that bringing them along type of deal. The older guys will then ride off by the time the young guys are ready to take the, the reins and, and be the ones that are uh, the big players. But I think, you know, when you got some people that that just weren't ready, they just weren't ready. And I think that was a big deal. And I think that maybe what Tony Khan saw was we got guys off the indies like Chuck Taylor and Darby Allen and Trent Beretta and Sammy Guevara that could be really good. But at that time, that early on, he didn't know if these people were going to materialize. So I, I just wonder if Tony looked at it and said, man, if we're going to be able to hang around, we're going to have to get some more name brand talent. What's your thought on that? Do you think that there could be some legitimacy in nothing against the indie guys giving them a shot, but not everybody's cut out to be on network television. It's no, just... You're 100% right. But you, you need to grow like your homegrown talent. You need to... You can't Organically. just keep picking up the scraps from guys that quit. Where would be not just WWE, any anybody? I mean, um, Charlotte Flair's husband, 
whose name's escaping me right now. Andrade. Andrade. He came from WWE, but he came from AAA as well. Correct. You know, but you can't just keep scooping them up because you're you can't pick up keep picking up stars from other federations because you need your lower tier talent, mid tier talent, upper tier talent. If you just keep scooping up cast offs from other places, that won't work. You need to give guys talent, sorry, a chance. Indie talent, they were all indie talent at one point. Everybody we see Monday night, Friday night, Wednesday night, every single one was indie talent at one time. Some get over, some don't. Some are products of the environment, some do it by talent, some do it by mic work, whatever it would be. You have to give them a chance. You you gotta. There's nothing wrong bringing somebody in who maybe doesn't have the most polish, but give him a chance. Darby Allen's prime example, but unfortunately he's getting buried right now. Oh God! So I mean, which is devastating. Just a complete loss. That's a completely different conversation. But you need to bring people in, and even some that are that are not established talent. But you don't you don't know. Did you know who Darby Allen was pre AEW? I did Seriously. not. Sammy Guevara. You know who he was? I did not. Adam Page. Maybe a little bit. I knew I him didn't from know Ring of who Honor. He was. Yeah. But the most of them, you know, that I shouldn't say most. I'm sorry, I'm incorrect there. A fair number of them, you didn't know who they were. Right. Some have panned out fantastically. Some have not. Like the Young Bucks, I knew who they were. Couldn't tell you anything about them, but I knew who they were. Right? No, you get somebody like Jericho, Moxley, Pac. Because they, we've seen all them, but where we see them? We've seen them with Vince, WWE. You need, you always need to have some of that beginning people coming in. To learn everything to get going, you can't just keep bringing in star after star. There's not enough room on the roster, there's not enough room on TV this week, next week, or any other week. You need to establish, you need to bring people up because what Jericho's old. You no, know, Mox is getting up there, he's not old, but he's getting up there. Sting's like 93 years old, <laughs> right? You know, all that. But you need to, you need your Derbies, you need your Sammies, right? You need guys of that. Adam Page, he I think he's in his thirties now, is he not? He's not old, but he's not a kid either. No, he's not. He's not exactly a, a young buck anymore. No, yeah. And, and young bucks, how old are they? They got to be in their early to mid thirties, I'd imagine. And they both said that they wanted to be. At least one of them, or both, said they would like to be done at forty. So, yeah, so, yeah, so that doesn't leave very much time left on the clock. But it's, but it's, once again, this is not just a wrestling thing. This is in a lot of fields. Your field, in the teaching industry, yeah, you can't just keep the the teachers around till they retire and, and not bring in new teachers. Right. Rick's at a certain point, like, hey, we got 20 teachers retiring this year. Oh, shit. What do we do? Right. In in any sport, you know, you can't have NBA, you can't have a bunch of 35-year-olds, you know, even if they are stars, you still can't, because what happens, you know, they're all breaking down, or getting older, they're going to want to retire soon, and we've got nothing to replace them. It's, it's well, just that circle. The one thing I think is interesting, though, and we you touched upon this, 
So basically, if you're just kind of listening in here, we we start off with determining AEW's price point. Can they charge what they're charging for the product they're giving? And then we started to kind of go into, well, do they have the product that is what the audience wants? Or are they just scooping up talent from other released promotions instead of really growing their brand, which is growing what Butt was saying, their homegrown uh, talent and making sure that you invest in your own people instead of just looking to scoop and score, you know. But let me ask you this. This is a very really interesting thing that you had brought up. When we say cast-offs, so let's say somebody gets fired from WWE do or their contract's not renewed, do we automatically look at them as damaged goods? Like, if WWE doesn't want them, well, then they must not be adequate. No. Do we Do we feel like in some ways at least some wrestling fans may look at talent and go, oh, well, WWE got rid of them, so they're they're in the they're in the the bargain bin, you know, for $3 DVD. They used to be a Blu-ray, but now do you feel like that's a stigma that wrestling fans give other wrestlers when they get released from WWE and they go somewhere else? Your educated uh fan? No. Somebody who who doesn't follow it. Maybe a little bit because you know they're at their they're with the premier company. You know they let them go. Why? But there's a lot more to it. Some talent want to leave, right? You no, know, some leave due to whatever it will be injury, budget cuts because they're not the top tier. Doesn't mean they're not good. Doesn't mean they're not talented. But you know when WWE come March. Or April when they do their budget cuts like they do every year after WrestleMania. You know, I mean, historically it happens. You know, there's going to be talent kicking around. It's a tough one because people that know, that are in the know, will understand, no. That doesn't mean that, uh, that they're lesser talent or damaged goods, they're washed up, but it would be, no. Uh, to a casual fan who maybe doesn't, know some of the backgrounds to whatnot doesn't look into it which is pretty easy to do these days i mean grab your phone look up google you can get a lot of information that way we all know that they they might think yeah so and so is washed up so it's just kind of maybe somewhere in the middle because some of them legitimately are washed up or damaged goods or never panned out or whatever it would be some are not, though. Some are just victims of circumstance. This is very, very true in politics and things that they can't control. And let's let's take a look at this because when we talk about AEW, and, and we're going to switch gears and talk about some other places too, but specifically their big pay-per-view coming up is going to be Full Gear, which will be on the 19th, which is going to be coming up, uh, I believe, this Saturday. Mm-hmm. So the matches, the match card, again, on paper looks good so let's kind of go down this and i want to i want you to tell me whether or not you think this would be an interesting match would you stop and watch if this match was on okay so you're Mm -hmm. either going to give me a yes i would stop what i'm doing to watch this or no it would be background sound as i'm working in my wood shop okay okay all right interim aew women's championship tony storm versus jamie Hayter. no would that be background noise or would you stop and watch it Background noise. Background noise. Okay, now tell me why. Do you are you just not invested into 
either character or do you just feel like not enough attention's really been focused on the women's division to even make it worth your time? I'm not invested enough. I mean, both great talents, fantastic right. talents. I'm personally, I'm just not invested enough. Okay. Um, we have, let's see here, the Ring of Honor World Championship match. It's going to be uh, settled in a four-way. Jericho, Brian Danielson, Claudio Castagnoli, and Sammy Guevara. Is that a match that you would be interested in watching, or would you continue about your business? No, I'm watching that. Jericho's in there. 100% I'm watching that. Now let me ask you, do you think there's they're going to take the belt off Jericho right now, or do you think they're probably going to keep riding that? They took it off of Claudio, and I was surprised by that. Sammy walks out with the belt. Interesting. I know that's out there. That's, yeah. That's very interesting. So what dynamics would that do for the Jericho Appreciation Society? I think that might be well, quite that, interesting. That's kind of the fun of it. It is, very much so. Um, uh, let me ask you this question. Well, see, here's the thing. Brian Danielson has always wanted to get that big signature win against Chris Jericho. This could be it. This could be Danielson's first championship since he's gotten into AEW. So I think there's a chance that he could be the one who takes it. But once again, you never know. Let's go to this one. I know you are absolutely thrilled to talk about this match. Jade Cargill, the TBS champion, versus Nyla Rose, who has physically stolen the championship, and she's calling herself the champion. Are you interested in this match, or is this background noise? Next. Let's just move on. That's what I had a feeling of. Let's go ahead and let's talk about, well, let's talk about this one. Darby Allen and Sting, or as MJF says, Darby and his emo dad, uh, t- taking on Jay Lethal. Wait for it. Double J. Double J. Jeff Jarrett. Oh, my God. Uh, I have a hard time with this. The nostalgia factor is the big hook for me. Sting and Double Double J. I would watch it just because of childhood memories, I think, and no doubt be very disappointed at the end. I mean, I don't have a problem with Sting and Darby Allen wrestling because Sting has really done well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm really not a fan of Jeff Jarrett, especially him coming back. And nothing against Jay Lethal, because I think he's a great talent. I'm just not that invested in his character with he and Sanjay Dutt and Satnam Singh. And they do that weird... Do you ever notice they do that weird little thigh slap and they put their arm in the air or yeah. some kind of bullshit like that? That in itself, and Sanjay with the pencil behind his ear, that just annoys the shit out of me. I hate well, when that happens. Now. That's, his, that's his gimmick. Double J looks great, though. No, his body looks fantastic. He's in great shape. He is in fantastic shape. It's just, do we really want to hear slap nuts and hitting with a guitar? I mean, that shtick has gotten so played out. Well, I mean, shtick he had thirty years ago. It is five years ago or whatever the hell it was. Very interesting. Um, let's go to one next one. This one might interest you. So you're stopping and you're watching that one for the nostalgia purpose, okay? Yes. So let's talk about. And I don't know if you've noticed this on AEW TV. They're getting away from saying Jungle Boy, and they're calling him a lot more Jack Perry, Yes, which I like. Mm-hmm. I like him being known as Jack Perry. Jack Perry versus Luchasaurus in a steel cage match 
is this background noise? Is this, I'm still working in the wood shop or is this, no, I'm going to put the miter saw down. I don't even know what that is. And I'm going to watch. I'll watch that. Uh, I like Luchasaurus. Um, that would be my draw to it. Not, not Jungle Boy. Okay. Uh, I'm more interested in Luchasaurus. You get a cage. Uh, Jungle Boy can fly around a little bit. And Luchasaurus can, especially for a dude his size, you could get some pretty good high spots in that. Okay. I'm down for that. So that's a... that's a Yeah, I'd watch a, that one. Okay. Let's go ahead and let's talk about... Uh, what about Soraya versus Britt Baker? D- Absolutely. D- that's going to be that a great one? match. I think that would be great. Now... Depending on how Soraya is these days, it's been a long time, so we we don't know. But if she's what she was, or two thirds of what she was before, that's gonna be a good match. Britt Baker's fantastic; she doesn't get the appreciation she deserves. Yeah, no, I think this is gonna be a good match too, and this very well, very well could steal the show, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I think that it's it's gonna get nasty. I think it could get personal. Yeah. Um, so I think that's going to be a, a good one as well. Let's talk about this one. Ah, we're talking about the World Tag Team Champions, the acclaimed taking on Swerve in our glory. What is your thoughts? First of all, let's talk about Swerve in our glory. We've noticed there's some dissension between the two. It mm-hmm. seems like Keith Lee is more wanting to be more straight-laced and the all-American boy, and in Swerve, what we've seen recently is more of that cocky, that more of that violent aspect of it. And they don't seem to be on the same page, but then obviously you've got daddy ass and the acclaim. So are you watching this or is this on the background? Why you've got your wood glue out. I'm trying really hard to throw terms in here that I know. Uh, I, I get it. Um, I'm not a big fan of swerve. I've never been a big fan of Keith Lee, unfortunately. I no background noise for me. All right, so you'll probably be dovetailing the, something. The at that entrance point, right? will be good. I think the entrance will be fantastic. And I'll get them rapping coming in. He'll say something obnoxious and funny. Yes, I know that's a bit of a shock that I said I'll watch the entrance that involves rap. Outside of that, I I think it, it could be a good match. All are, are strong talent. I now just they, swerve and our glory is not my cup of tea. Now I will say this: they had they had what they call a, a banger of a match mm-hmm. at uh, Arthur Ashe, which was great. Okay. And then they had another great match, uh, the one before that. So it was the pay per view, which uh, Swerve and Keith Lee won. I want to say then the acclaimed one at Arthur Ashe, and then I think they I don't know if they had a third one yet. This might be the rubber match. Um, but yes, yeah, Swerve in Our Glory beat FTR to become the number one um, contenders for the championship. Here's my thought. Swerve in Our Glory is going to take the belts back. I think it's more fun for the chase, for the fans to get behind the chase of the title than necessarily mm-hmm. becoming settled, being champion. That's just my opinion. No, it's not a bad call. Definitely not. Well, and then we're getting to uh, we're getting to the big daddy. The big daddy, the... Uh, MJF versus John Moxley for the championship. Um, the the betting odds are heavily favored in MJF. So, do you feel like this is where W or W 
AEW and Tony Khan pulls the trigger on MJF. They finally say, you know what, big boy? You've been yapping your gums about being this guy, that guy. Can you pull in the ratings? Or do you think there's a little bit of a swerve and MJF doesn't get the championship on Saturday night? MJF gets the championship. Has to. Got to give him a chance. No, he's a draw. People hate him, love him, like him, however you want to word it. Got to give him a chance. He's a fantastic heel. Right? you got to give your heel championships right? just to, once, like you said, create the chase. If, if you're the character people hate, people want to watch that just to see somebody beat you up. Right? Do you think... And give him a chance. Do you what do you have to it, lose? Well, you're right. There's not a whole lot to lose. I mean, because if it doesn't work out, you can always go back to Moxley. But I don't, I don't want Moxley to become this de facto guy when things don't work out. You know what I mean? Because I feel like we're almost sliding into that where, and I don't really feel like they did the CM Punk, John Moxley thing very well either, where it was like John Moxley's the champion. And then he beats CM Punk um, to unify. So he's no longer the interim, but then, so he squashes Punk and then he comes back and then loses the Punk, but a week later or something to that nature. I feel like that that was a little weird, but I feel like they've always been able to rely on Moxley to carry the company when times have been a little shaky, just to kind of be that rudder, you know, that that stabilizes everything. And well, with the CM Punk, there was more to that. I think you had your backstage whatnot going on, so I think that probably weighed into it. He was there was rumors that he was hurt as well. Right ankle was it or his knee or something like that? It was so, his foot. Yeah, so you gotta take all that into consideration too. Right, right. But I, you gotta give MJF a chance. You have to. Was this, in your opinion, him not showing up for the autograph signing? Was that just part of the show? Was it him? You know, obviously leaving for three months. Is that just part of the show, or do you yeah. think there were some serious contractual issues? That made him decide to, to walk away for a while. Gimmick. That's what I thought. I keep coming back to that's just part of the show. Yeah, it's just him being the dick. So there's our card. So once again, uh, Jade Cargill takes on Nyla Rose, the Ring of Honor World Championship in a four-way. Jericho Danielson, Castagnoli, and Guevara. Swerve in our glory, take on the acclaim, Moxley, MJF, Tony Storm, and Jamie Hayter, and Soraya taking on Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. It is going to be available uh, on Saturday night, and I believe you're going to be able to get that on Fight TV and normal pay-per-view as well. It is going to make it available. So if you're interested, it is full gear, and it is going to cost you, I want to say $49.99 before tax. Uh, check your local company, whoever you have your cable provider through to make sure that that's exactly the price. So don't quote me. I think it'll be a good show, but there's a lot of people who aren't going to be on this show. And I think that's something else. I mean, I don't think Wardlow is not on the show. Uh, who else is not on the show? FTR is not on the show. Mm -hmm. I think that's quite interesting. Um, a lot of people were saying, you know, the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega obviously are probably going to make their return at full gear, which obviously they've been hinting around about that. I'm wondering if that may be something that they're planning on doing to maybe up those buy rates. What's your thoughts? Do you think the return of the Elite 
bumps up the buy rates, or do you think yeah, people will oh. just wait till Wednesday? No, people will follow it. People want to check it out. Because like, uh, people have been missing them. So people want to... No, people want to... Uh, whatever. They, they want to see them. Right or wrong, they want to see them. So, right. Right. So... I want to pull this up too because I feel like this is interesting. Um, okay. Let's see here. AEW's buy rates when it comes to pay-per-views. So Dave Meltzer, the Wrestling Observer, said that he wanted to know what people thought. Do you think, are you going over or under 135, 135,000 buy rates for pay-per-view? And I'm kind of curious to get the butts' thoughts on this. Do you think they're going to go above 135 or do you think they're going to be below 135? Well, looks like we have some technical issues here. Looks like the butt uh, had to step away here for a second, but let's kind of keep the conversation going here. So let's talk about the buy rates again. So when we look back at the history of AEW's buy rates, okay, we're, we're going to look at all of these because I feel like it's going to be interesting to find out where they exactly fall. 135 would be pretty successful for them. Um, but once again... That's a pretty tall order. So when we talk about their buy rates, first of all, their highest buy rate ever was All Out 2021, and that's when Brian Danielson and Adam Cole debuted, and that did 205,000 buy rates. So All Out 2021 was their highest. Now, their second highest was Revolution 2021, where the match against uh, Kenny Omega and John Moxley in that uh, very underwhelming uh, barbed wire exploding everything match. That did 135,000, so that was their second best pay-per-view buy rate. Coming in on third was Double or Nothing 2021, which did 115,000 buy rates. And once again, going in order, Double or Nothing 2020, once again, did 105,000 buy rates. And Double or Nothing 2019, did 98,000. That obviously was known as the Rhodes versus Rhodes match where I need my brother was a, a big one. So do you think we're going to hit 135? That would tie the second biggest uh, pay-per-view buy rate for AEW. Do you think they'll go over that? You know, it, it's interesting. Some people say, absolutely, I can see them doing that. For me personally, I don't necessarily know if I think that that's going to happen. Let me know what your thoughts are. Hit me up on social media. I'm at Mike, M-I-K-E, Freeland, F-R-E-L-A-N-D. Love to know what your thoughts are when it comes to the pay-per-view buy rates when it comes to AEW. All right, moving on. A big topic of conversation that a lot of people are interested in is whether or not CM Punk truly is gone or not. Now, I realize that the investigation has been taking quite some time, and now it's finally concluded. They ended the investigation, I guess, about three weeks ago. And CM Punk does not look like he's returning back to the company. Obviously, Ace Steel is officially gone from the company. He was given his walking papers. And recently, in the last couple of weeks, we've gotten the tease of the Elite coming back again. So there's many indications that Punk 
for all intents and purposes, is done in AEW. However, that doesn't seem to be the thoughts of everyone. And what I mean by that is there's a certain individual who does believe that this entire thing, this entire saga, might not be over just quite yet. Booker T is chiming in today. Ryan Clark's reporting in for eWrestling News that Booker T is not convinced that he is officially done with the company. Uh, Booker T has gone on to say, I'm not so, sh so sure that CM Punk actually is leaving AEW, despite reports that the company is trying to buy out his contract. Now, this is what he said about seeing Colt Cabana back on AEW TV. He says, and I quote, that might be Tony trying to mend fences. That might be what it is, right? I mean, let's see if we can get this guy back. Let's see if we can get him on the card and try to put all of this behind us so due to that technical glitch we do have the butt back let's go ahead and bring him back in but um i have Sorry no idea what that. happened i don't uh, you're you're fine so we were talking about the buy rates uh originally before you left so do you think they're going to do 135,000 buy rates you are you going over or under under under, if I'm, I'm probably going to go bet, with you. I'm going to go under. Well, I tell you what, if if they do under 135, uh, you know, obviously that's not going to hit their second highest of all time. So right now, their biggest pay-per-view buy rate of all time was all out 2021 when Adam Cole and Brian Danielson uh, made their debut in AEW, and they did 205,000. And then clearly their second highest was 135 when it was the exploding everywhere match. I was just telling everybody about the uh, the John Moxley versus Kenny Omega where uh, not everything exploded the way it was supposed to. It ended up looking like sparklers on the uh, on the ring posts. But um, we're going to see. Meltzer has a poll out there right now. If you follow him on social media, go over and vote in his poll. And uh, I'd like to know what everyone's thoughts are on that. Um, talking about pay-per-view buy rates really quickly, just kind of switching gears here. You know, you're, you're going to have to have somebody who can draw people in. And as the butt believes, they're going to give MJF the championship. Maybe that will bring enough people in to say, hey, they're finally going to give Max a chance. That could potentially, along with the elite coming back, could that get them another 70,000 buy rates? I mean, that sounds like a hell of a lot. But if this truly is going to be a historical match, maybe this could do it. I'm still with you. I'm under 135. I don't think they hit that threshold. You need something special to get to an extra 70,000 buy rates. Like you That's need, very true. Like, well, like Cole and, and Brian Danielson coming, you know, that'll get people coming from WWE fans to watch X, they were both big stars. I mean, I don't know what AEW could do to get an extra 70,000. It's a big number. It's a big that, jump. It's a tall order. Right? Um, I don't know. I, I don't see it, unfortunately. Oops. As you were uh, away on technical difficulties, speaking of things that seem to be a little up in the air, you know, I think both of you and I are in the in the camp of the CM Punk days are behind us. Obviously, A Steel got released from the company. I think that's a pretty big indicator. Um, but one person who's not convinced, as I was saying about a minute or so ago, is Booker T. Booker T says that he is not in the belief system that Punk is done. 
Uh, Booker T said, hold the brakes. I'm not too sure that CM Punk is leaving AEW, despite the reports that the company is trying to buy out the remainder of his contract. He said this, and I quote, that might be what Tony's trying to do, bringing Colt Cabana back on TV. Maybe we can mend some fences. Might I be right? Let's try to get the guy back. Let's get him back on the card, and let's put this whole thing behind us. Now, I want to ask you your opinion on this. His opinion on this whole situation seems to be he's in the minority. Um, I think you and I are in the majority because most of the wrestling fans, at least in my opinion, believe that th- this the ship has sailed, right? Jericho's called him a cancer in the locker room from our reports. People are outwardly saying that they will not work with him, that he changed a lot during his time in AEW from going from this happy-go-lucky guy who was just excited to be back in wrestling, to be working with the new talent, to then, you know, the honeymoon, the blooms off the rose, right? And then you can really start to show your true colors. And I think we saw his true colors. Do you think in any way, shape, or form CM Punk ever wrestles in AEW again? Doubtful. I mean, it's wrestling. You never say never. That's just been used thousands of times. I wouldn't bet money on it, though. Uh, look at how everything went down. I mean, it's it's just been a, a disaster. Look at the wrench they threw, and they had to scramble to do something with the trio championship. You know, you've had your leadership brought into question. Really? You know, with, with the Bucks and Kenny. Those are supposed to be three of your leaders in your locker room. You know, they're EVPs or whatever the hell it is. And they're not on TV. They're taken out of the, the entrance commercial. I I doubt it. I mean, it's unfortunate because I think Punk is very talented. He's just a dick. There's, there's just issues going on. I shouldn't say that. Maybe he's a super nice guy. But, no, when it comes to the wrestling business, he's... He's... Whatever he's he's got issues, whether it be a maturity thing or you no, know, he's egomaniacal or I don't know what it would be, but he doesn't seem to play well with others at times. After a while, he just gets he falls into his own. You know he gets comfortable, we'll say, and then bad issues pop up. There's there's history. No, I I mean I'm not going to disagree with you. I feel like. I feel like there's a lot of problems when it comes to having to manage all these personalities in the world of wrestling. Mm -hmm. I I think it's tough. I think it's a very tough job. And I think unless you have some really stringent policies or you have somebody who's in place who can really handle being a disciplinarian, unlike what we've seen with Tony, which he's proven he's not really a disciplinarian, um, you're going to have problems with these unruly people. And at the end of the day, everyone's watching the way you handle situations because they're all going to be thinking about what can I get away with? What can I get away with? What can I do? And, you know, I, I just don't think it was a, a good idea from the get-go. I think from a money standpoint, yes. But from a healthy locker room standpoint, I don't think it was. I really don't think it was. Uh, I, I disagree with you there, Freeland. Uh, I, I think bring them in, it could, hindsight being 2020, not so good, it could have been something positive. 
he's, he has a big name. I mean, he proved it when he came in. People are clamoring to watch him. You know, unfortunately, his, his attitude just couldn't be reined in. Uh, I think part of that was, uh, I won't say uh, Tony's fault. No, not necessarily. It's hard to place blame on one person for all this. I mean, at, at the end of the day, he is the top of the heap, so everything falls on him. But I think that's one of the things Tony needs to learn is, you know, you you, you can't just have it willy-nilly, you know, boys, girls doing whatever they want. You need to have a, a code of conduct and whatnot, and people need to fall in line and Unfortunately, they just let Punk get away with a little bit too much. I don't think he's the only one that's been allowed to get away with a little bit too much. There's, there's no way it's just him. No, if, the, if any of the reports are true that uh, the Buck showed up booting in the door and stuff like that, they were wrong too. You know, there, there was a lot of wrong in that one specific incident, which leads you to believe there's you think that's the only incident that's ever happened? No I way. Doubt it. That just doesn't work like that. No. Your only big blow up was you know, everything was peachy keen, rainbows and unicorns, everybody's getting along until shit hits the fan this one time and it's a big blow up blow up, sorry. That's just not reasonable. It it it, it boils to a point right. where and it explodes. You, you no, know, you need to give the talent a little bit of room. You can't have to where, okay, this is what you're saying. This is what you're wearing. You can't have it like it was when Vince was really going. Not to beat up on Vince or WWE. It's not what I mean at all. They've, they've done a lot of great things. But there for a long time, everything was very scripted. And that won't that doesn't really work either. The, the ratings showed that. You know, their numbers were getting kind of not so good. But you can't just have it be a free-for-all and let the talent do and say and act however they want. There needs to be a code. They, everybody needs to fall in place to a certain degree. And if somebody steps out of line, you need to address it before it gets to that point. Right. Well, speaking of situations that have gotten to that point already, I'm not sure, but, but let me ask you, have you heard about all of this Nick Aldis, NWA, Billy Corgan stuff going on? I've heard bits and pieces. Um, from what I've read, man, like Nick Aldis is a big deal for them, and he doesn't have the time of day for Billy Corgan from what, I, what I've heard. Uh, and I, I think this is real. I don't think this is a work at all. No, I, I don't think, think this, this is the real deal. I agree. I think this is this is real as well. That's terrible for them because they're barely holding on as it is. They're on life support as it is because if if you see any of their crowds of their shows, I mean, it is few and far between. I, I, if I said there was 150 people, I, that might be high. Um, so basically, things really started to fall out um, about a week or so ago when Nick Aldis said he had a conversation with Billy Corgan. Um, that he was not really happy with the direction things were going as far as the NWA was concerned. Especially, uh, Nick brought up when he was pulled out of the main event for NWA 74 uh, per the request of Corgan, and that wasn't very good at either. And then, most recently, 
Um, Aldous also came out and said, well, you know what? I was pulled out of the main event at NWA 74, and there's been some other issues that have been happening backstage as well. Fightful Selective Reporting, and I'm going to read this verbatim, uh, spoke to Aldous after everything had been going on. Aldous's relationship with NWA soured due to the disrespect that Billy Corgan showed Aldous's wife, Mickey James, before last year's Empower event which once again, for all of you who may not be familiar with it, the Empower event is an all-female uh, pay-per-view event that was originally put on by NWA. Uh, she was instrumental in putting the whole thing together. She was largely seen as the face of the show. Unfortunately, she spelt, felt very disrespected by the way Corgan uh, handled her and also felt uh, disrespected by the recent comments made by NWA world champion Trevor Murdoch as well. Evidently, he had some things to say. So it sounds like Aldous said, hey, listen, Mickey did the best she could to put this show on. It seems like the boys in the back weren't really high on an all-women's pay-per-view. Billy is saying, obviously, from a financial standpoint, it did make a whole lot of money. Now he's supporting his wife, which I completely understand that standpoint. Now there's some speculation that's coming out that's saying that behind his back, uh, he's been saying a few things to other people about Aldous. And Nick fires back on social media. Corgan immediately suspends him. I don't feel like this is a situation that is a work either. I feel like this is legitimately a problem. And I feel like at the end of the day, either he's going to get released or if Billy wants to, could theoretically keep him under contract and just have him sitting at home until his NWA contract expires. When it comes to Nick Aldis... Do we think that Nick Aldis is somebody who would be on WWE's radar? Would Nick Aldis be someone who is on really any other promotion's radar? I mean, we, we've often talked about how AEW keeps bringing people in. Would you be high on a Nick Aldis coming into AEW? Because, once again, that's another seat at the table. That's more food on that's come, somebody's got to put on his plate. That means less on others' plates. What's your take on Nick Aldis and, and what you think he could bring to a company? I don't know a hell of a lot about Nick Aldis. I know a little bit, not a hell of a lot. Um, Corbin's not just going to bench him. They can't right. afford to. This, that's just not going to happen. Uh, if he gets released, yeah. Triple H is calling and so is Tony Khan. But we all know Tony Khan's going to call us sure shit. Right? Why not scoop them up? Uh, they need to sort this crap out. And this not just with NWA. This is with every organization. Stop airing your crap online. Be a grown-up. Do better. Get into your office. Close the door. No Twitter. No Facebook. Instagram, none of that horse shit. Hash it out. Talk it out. Yell at each other. Curse each other out. Do whatever you got to do. Stop airing your dirty laundry. It helps nobody. It does not give you any increased value, whether you're a Corrigan or Nick Aldis. Right? Because right now, talents are looking at, or um, organizations are looking at, okay, Nick Aldis might get released. Okay, say right now he's asking a million. Who he gets re he gets released? I'm just throwing out a random number here. Okay. No, I hear what you're saying. He, he gets released. Oh well, 
not like you can just be like, oh, well, you know, I can go back to NWA. They'll pay me this. No, they won't. Because they're sick of your shit. You, you and Corrigan don't get along. Who's right? Who's wrong? That doesn't make a damn difference. You're, you're not wanted there. You guys do not see eye to eye. So now you're worth less money. I'm not going to give you as much. Just like in anything. Stop airing your dirty laundry. Whether it be in sports, uh, office life, your personal life, stop. Well, I mean, I, I agree with you 100%. I think people should handle their business in a, in a lot more diplomatic way. Unfortunately, we, you know, we've already opened Pandora's box. The, the barn door is open. The, the horses are already out. The advent of social media pretty much screwed all of that. It's basically a place where people can get sympathy if they feel they've been wronged. And then all of a sudden public shaming can come into play. I'm with you on handling things behind closed doors. But nowadays, it seems like people, and when I say people, let me be specific, uh, celebrities, Mm -hmm. wrestling, sports, television. If they have a beef or they have an issue with something, they'll take it to social media, like you said, and they'll get millions of people to hate on someone or to stop watching a show because that's the power that people have with having a platform. Now, I would love to see something worked out. I think Nick Aldis would would be great for NWA because um, I don't know if you noticed this, but the current NWA world champion, Trevor Murdoch, lost his match. And now Tyrus is the new NWA world heavyweight champion. So, not exactly what I would call the best idea to have Tyrus as your NWA world champion. But something really quickly on Nick Aldis. He is officially a free agent on January 1. So, New Year's Day, he's officially a free agent and his contract is expired. He put his release out there um, because he didn't want his contract to roll over. Many wrestling fans understand that if you don't give at least 30 days notice uh, before your contract is going to expire... That contract will then can roll over, and then obviously you roll right back into another contract. So it looks like he will be moving on. Um, I guess he's just going to go to the highest bidder, but you got to think at some point in time, you know, WWE, Cody's coming back. You got Bray Wyatt coming back. You've got all these other things in the fold. Do you really have room to be writing in another guy? Do any of them have room? No, and I'm not saying AEW has any room to write another guy in, right. but I mean at the end of the day, what are you gonna do? I mean, the we only... can't even we can't even get Miro on TV for God's sakes. Which is a travesty. We can't even get Miro. We have the guy in AEW and we can't even get him on the damn TV. No. There's only there's only so much time. The only if you're gonna bring in talent, not necessarily all this, any talent. If you're bringing that talent in, somebody's got to go out. Absolutely. You can't just add and add and add. Because then you get people sitting at home with your thumb up their duff, doing nothing, getting paid, which does not help a company. Nobody's going to do that. People can't do that anymore. right? So if you're bringing him in, you got to get somebody out. Now do you want to bump a pump, blah, 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 bump a, holy Christ, Bump a bunch of people, that's hard to say, down 
the ladder to bring him in. You're not going to bring him in at the bottom of the barrel, right? That's not going to happen. So you're going to knock people down. So are you going to release a mid-tier talent? Because let's be honest, all this, if you were to come into WWE or AEW, really would be a mid-tier talent, I think. But he has some agree. name recognition, but not huge name recognition. He's with NWA. The only right. people that are really going to know him are your hardcore fans. Really. Casual fans don't know who the hell he is. He's Mickey James' husband. That's who he is, unfortunately. Right? So you're going to bump people out to make room for him. Do you knock everybody down a peg? Do you get rid of another mid-tier talent to insert him into it? I do think I it should know. I no, I'm I'm with you. I do think it, it should it should be if you bring on a guy, you gotta let a guy go. Mm-hmm. I think you should. You absolutely should. There's always so much room. <laughs> Does it surprise you that that despite everything that's going on, that AEW has still consistently stayed relevant? That's a good question. Bit of a tough question. Um, I can come back to you before the end of the show no, and, and, get, no. and get your... Uh, it doesn't surprise me that they're still relevant. It's It surprises me, believe it or not, that they're maybe not a little more relevant. Uh, they're, they're an alternative. We all want alternatives. Right, there's something different. So so that helps. At the, at the way they were at the beginning, the first year, year and a half, you know, they were they were making a run. And not so much now, due to various issues. So they should be bigger than what they are. Am I surprised they're still relevant? No, not really. Because they just give us an alternative. Something different, new faces. People we haven't seen on TV summer, but people we haven't seen on TV for 15 or 20 years. Right? New faces. You're always intrigued by something new, especially when you're bringing in talent that nobody's ever heard of. Right? Or have heard very little of. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I agree. Right. Um, Is something for our women listeners... If we have women listeners, um, really? did you, did you, I don't know. I threw it out there. Whatever. <laughs> Can't hurt. Right. Um, if you are in the festive mood and you are getting ready to start watching those holiday movies on Lifetime and Hallmark, well, you know what? Your fandom of wrestling and holiday movies, those worlds are just about to collide because it's been reported that the bunny in AEW will now be uh, starring in a Lifetime film called The Bad Tenant. Uh, they were filming that down in Tampa Bay, Florida. It looks like the filming is done at this point in time, but it looks like she will be in a holiday-esque movie uh, on Lifetime. Now, would that make you watch? Uh, do you watch Lifetime? Are you a Lifetime guy? Will you, will you sit with huge the wife and watch Lifetime it? fan, huge. Oh, yeah, buddy. I can't wait to get home from work and watch that. I mean, it's just, it's the place to be, right? It's the channel to yeah. watch. Have yep. a little Salisbury steak and just watch a little lifey time. Uh, I would rather watch CNN. Wow. 
Nuff said. Nuff said. Know exactly where you're coming from. Wow. Yeah. I'd rather Hashtag watch static burn. TV. Well, maybe this is some crossover. Then maybe this is some crossover. Speaking of uh speaking of this, she's not the only AEW talent who's going to be stepping onto the silver screen. Uh MJF is going to be part of the Von Erichs uh biopic mm-hmm. movie and it's going to be called The Iron Claw, obviously. And uh he's going to be playing Lance Von Eric. So he is going to be in that movie that is going to be coming out uh, soon. So look for MJF to be hitting the silver screens uh, in that movie as well. So that should be interesting. Would you uh, would you watch that if it was on TV or would oh, you even sure. would you pay to go see that in the theater? Yep. I'd go pay. That's that's where he was for that three month contract. Temper tantrum negotiating, whatever. He was busy making a movie, man. I mean, yeah. that's that's clear as could be. Yeah, I, I hope he does well at it. Why not? Make some more money. Right. He's still a young fellow. Make him when you can. No, I agree. You're you're only uh, viable for so long when it comes to Hollywood. But I think it'll well, be really interesting. Who's doing the Von Eric movie? Is uh, um, what's his name? Kevin? Is he? in on this at all or is it a completely somebody outside i'm just more curious about how much historical accurate historical facts would be told if it's just yeah no let me let me pull some information up on this one here we go here we go i want to say that zach efron is going to be in this movie as well and he's jacked in the commercials for it he is very yeah yeah he's um he's definitely got a lot going for him right now let's see who's he playing Um, carrie he very well maybe so let's let me pull this info up here no i don't know if you realize this but this frustrates me and maybe it should maybe maybe i'm just bitching too much but why is it every single time i go on the web and it's like a certain like newspaper like new york times or Los Angeles Times, whatever the hell it is. Oh, you can't get it. You got to subscribe. It's like, is this that theoretically like putting the 35 cents in the machine trying to get the paper out? Like, is yes. that what they're trying to do to me online? There's nobody buys newspapers anymore. When was the last time you bought a paper, Freeland? I'm not going to answer that question. Um, That's exactly what I'm getting at. All right, nobody here we buys go. It. Months after uh, casting the upcoming Von Erich family movie, Zach Efron posted a very manly photo this past Tuesday of him uh, as he is going to be playing the role of Kevin Von Erich. Uh, let's see. Efron looked back on his time on the Iron Claw filming for A24 Studios. And who else did he say? He said, can't wait for people to see the first look at the movie. Efron wrote on Instagram. Let me see what else we have about him. Uh, I'd love to see who's going to be playing who. Efron joins Jeremy Allen White, who's going to be playing Carrie Von Erich, and Harris Dickinson, who's going to be playing David Von Erich in the cast. Holt McCownery, uh is going to be the one who plays Fritz Von Erich, who is the family patriarch. Now, the film was written and directed by Sean Durkin, and it's likely uh, to hit theaters. Let's see if we have a time frame here. Uh... No, it's not giving me a time frame. Hold on. Let me see if I can search something else real quick. 
I mean, I would. I'm gonna watch it because I it I think it's fantastic. Um, have you ever seen? I'm gonna have to. Gosh, I have this. It is the. It's not the rise and fall of world class championship wrestling, but it's like a documentary of world class, and it goes through the entire saga of the Von Erich family and all the weird deaths that happened and. Holy cow. I mean, it's a tearjerker. It's so, so sad. Um, no, but... I've seen their um, uh, Dark Side of the Ring about was... the Bonnerics, and that was heartbreaking. Like, that was sad. Like, Jesus. Like, that family's had a rough go. Yeah. That's I mean, there's bad. only one left, Kevin. He's the only one left, no? And he's living in Hawaii, no? He's living in Hawaii, well, and his two and sons the... are wrestling for MLW. Yeah, Which, but of the of the Von Eriks, he's the only one left. Yes, you know, correct. Of our generation's Von Erich, I guess. Uh, right, and it's see. just it's such a tragic story, my lord. Okay, Zach Efron is going to play Kevin Von Erich. Uh, who else? Who else? Who else? I'm looking for the damn time frame of when this thing's supposed to come out. When is it going to hit theaters? Oh, excuse me. Uh, let's see what release date. I feel like I feel like I should know this kind of stuff. As a host, we'd be somewhat, you think we? You think we'd have some pre-production meeting? Yeah, not a, not a damn thing. Really. Are you friggin' kidding? Pre just a complete shit show. Hope for the best. That's the whole thing. Go in unprepared. Hope we don't get canceled. And if we don't, we live to fight another day. Um, how have we not been canceled already? I have no idea how the contract continues to roll over. That's the only thing. I just keep my mouth shut and keep my eyes looking at the ground. Um, so so I'm not to have a 2023 release date. Nice. Okay. So 2023, we'll have to find out. We'll give you guys more information. the The sooner it uh, it it draws closer, I'm sure we're going to get more information on all of this as well. Who are the I other got... Von Erichs? There, who are these people? I've never heard of them. You mean Jeremy the whole... Allen White? Who's he? Okay. No, I know who the Von Erichs are. But oh, you you're at, you're you're asking who the actors play? Okay, that's a great question. Yeah. So, so go to um, what's the movie called? Uh, why why do I want to say White Claw? That's Stupid wildly. Um, Iron Claw. Iron, Iron Claw. claw feeling. I've never had a white claw before. Have you? Really? Do I strike you as a white claw guy? I don't know. I'm not saying that no. you. No. I'm just saying that anything's possible. I'm just saying that you got to keep your mind open. No, you what don't. happens I'm if your wife that. one night says, hey, you know what? Uh, we were at a holiday party for the teachers and they said, hey, take these home for the holidays. Would you not try one? Would you no. not try one? No. Don't be a prude. Come on. No. Uh, okay, so Zach Efron is playing Kevin Von Erich. Jeremy Allen White is playing Carrie. Harris Dickinson is playing David Von Erich. Um, Mara Tierney is playing Doris Von Erich. And Holt McCallany is playing Fritz Von Erich. So that is the entire cast. Do I know any of these people? I sure shit do not. I have never heard of any of these actors. Maybe I've seen them before, but I don't. They well, don't, don't look. They don't look familiar to me. These names just don't. 
Um, I want to throw something at you before we uh, we say our fairly wells. I don't know if you heard about this this ongoing drama. So listen to this. There's allegedly reports going on right now that The Rock, they're in talks about bringing The Rock back for WrestleMania. What, 39 is it? So the deal is, is that they want to have a match. WWE is trying to put a match together between The Rock and Roman Reigns. However, you would think that The Rock would be willing to come in and do business and put Roman over. That's what I would think, right? Not the case. Not the case. So this is what's happening. So keep it 100 with Conan. I listened to his podcast. He was saying that The Rock's people do not want The Rock to lose to Roman Reigns because he's Black Adam and he's a big time, you know, superhero. And that could hurt him in his whatever world that is, Marvel, DC. I don't know. I don't watch... I don't watch that stuff. They literally think that him playing The Rock in a wrestling match could hurt his credibility as Black Adam, especially because Black Adam is supposed to be in a movie coming up with Superman because, uh, is it Henry Cavill, is coming back to play Superman again. So I got to talk to you about this, but this is freaking Looney Tunes, right? Is there is there any logic you can see with no, The Rock can't lose in a wrestling match because he's Black Adam and the kids in the audience will think that Black Adam is losing to Roman Reigns and Roman Reigns is not in the Marvel Universe and yet The Rock doesn't really want to lose, allegedly, because he doesn't want to lose face because he's going to be facing fucking Superman. I, I literally, I cannot, I literally don't understand a damn lick of this. If this is true... This quite possibly is one of the dumbest things I've ever heard in my life. I, mean, I can, if you think about it in enough messed up ways, I can see it. Doesn't make any sense whatsoever. No. That makes as much sense as wiping before you poop, to be honest with you. It's just nonsense. They're, they're different. They're di anybody that's watching one, they're not going to advertise The Rock as... Uh, Dwayne Drock Johnson, a.k.a. Black Adam, is going to be at WWE WrestleMania. Correct. Uh, and you're, everybody knows who The Rock is already. Right. You know, he's been a Scorpion King. He's been a bunch of other people that I don't know because I just he, can't pay attention that well. But he's he been was, in a ton of movies. He was the Tooth Fairy. Yeah, might not have been a great career choice. He was no. in Standing Tall or Walking Tall. That was good. Oh was my the, god, I, I can't, like I can't do this. I no, yeah, I like that. Standing Tall, Walking Tall. You're a trip. Whatever it was, it was good. I liked it. Okay, did you see Jungle uh, Jungle Cruise? No. Have you seen Red Notice? No. Have you seen Jumanji: The Next Level? No. Hercules. No. Rampage. No. Uh, no. San Andreas. Yes. That was okay. good. Any of the Fast and Furious. No. The Central Intelligence. One. That was pretty good. Okay. Uh, Baywatch. No. Uh, Fighting with My Family, which actually stars also Paige. That's Paige, yes. That was very good. I never saw that movie. That's where the Jerry, Jerry Lynn comment came in that movie. 
Um, you should watch it. You'd enjoy it. I should. Skyscraper? Mm, yes, I think I did see that one. Snitch? I don't think so. I caught it Snatch one time, and I got a lot of weird looks. Um, Moono. Moono. No. The, the, the kid, uh, Muano, Muano. Nope, didn't. Uh, okay, Faster, the game plan, G.I. Joe. I've seen G.I. Joe. Okay. Look, the point is, though, he's a human being who yes. plays an actor in movies, but he's also a pro wrestler. There's not a big deal at all. They even gave the example. Did you know Kevin Nash was in The Punisher? Yes. Okay, Kevin Nash got the crap beat out of him in The Punisher. Mm-hmm. Did that hurt Kevin Nash's wrestling career? Nope. No, he's still got other movie deals. I just don't understand. Like, if you, Try to sell me on this logic. Try to sell me on I if can't, he loses. It doesn't... No, I can maybe see. If you think about it, okay, it might to certain people, but to 99.9% of people... They'll be smart enough to understand, yeah, this is Dwayne Johnson, the actor. This is The Rock, the wrestler. Uh-huh. You'll be able to differentiate between. Yeah, some people will, but it's not going to be like, hey, we had The Rock come in for WrestleMania. He lost Roman Reigns, and Black Adam tanked at the box office. If it tanks at the box office, that won't be the cause. Right, if it tanks it's at just- the box I, do you think there's a lot of crossover between Marvel fans and WWE fans? Let's let's be honest. There might be some. I, I'm not a Marvel. I'm not a comics um, superhero guy. So I'm not in that demographic or whatever you call it because I don't care. I, I would say there's some. I don't think it's a huge, a, a huge crossover. Probably not. So is he Marvel or is it DC that he's in? I don't know. Well, I don't even know the difference. Which doesn't say a whole what's lot. What's it called? Me. Black Adam? Black Adam. All right. Black Adam. Two hours and five minutes. Action adventure. Uh, it's DC Comics. So it's DC. Okay. Did you ever see John Cena when he, uh, whatever character he plays, he looks the, utterly ridiculous. He looks the, like what the peacemaker or peacekeeper yes, or whatever. Yes, yes. I really enjoyed that show. I watched and thought it was great. Even with the the, the helmet mask, whatever. Yeah, I really enjoyed it, dude. That's the hokiest shit I've ever seen, dude. Seriously, but that's per- who cares? It's just you, you oh, can man. watch some hokey, stupid shit. And you know, you, everything doesn't need to be serious, and you can watch it, and it's hilarious. And you can check out mentally for a little bit, give yourself a break to just be entertained by some mindless drivel, also known as this show. I was just about to say, mindless drivel that's probably people <laughs> like listening Tuesday to this crap night. right now. Right, oh like, my god, did we do this to ourselves, those two idiots again this week? Hey, hey, guess what? Who's the real idiot if you downloaded this, right? No, I'm kidding. I kid. I kid. Hey, I download it every week. Well, you know what? Then I listen to it, and I'm like, what the hell is wrong? Why did I waste this storage space? Oh, and then I God. wait for you to text me on Tuesday again. 
and then it, then we start the whole cycle all over again. It's like we never learn. No. Oh man. But well, I tell you, it is fun. We we've had a good time tonight. Hopefully, you guys listening to the show have had some fun. You've been able to listen to to two guys jibber jabber back and forth about pro wrestling, about our different takes on AEW, the NWA, the Rock, WWE, CM Punk, uh, Full Gear coming up. So so many things. Hit us up on social media. You can find me at M I K E F R E L A N D. What is your Twitter handle? Uh, but at Gotnuf G O T N E W F two two nine one two two nine one. Very good. Um, before we go, anything else that is on your mind that you would like to share with all of the uh, the butts listening audience up there in uh, the foreign country? Oh, no, not really. Just be a decent person. Uh, just been watching the news, and I'm not a political guy. You, you know that, Mike. I'm, it's not my cup of tea, but just everything we see in the world these days and everybody's fighting and rowing and arguing. Nobody likes anybody and just be a decent person. Don't be a scumbag. Don't be, be a scumbag. Be good to each other and, and life would be better. We all, life would be a lot easier for all of us. I agree. I agree with you 100%. By the way, go with another plug for the big show that is going to be coming up so people can know where it's going on and find you and find your booth. So go ahead and let's talk about it some more. Yeah, so December 3rd and 4th, McKinnon Brothers Brewery in Bath, Ontario. Uh, it's right at the brewery, right at their farm. I'm in the marquee tent, booth number 13. Ironically, uh, come out and see us. Uh, it's 8 or $10 to get in. There's live entertainment. There's uh, 50-some vendors, food trucks. Santa's going to be there, uh, wagon rides. Um, it's a good time. I, I've been there previous to being a, a vendor. It's my first time doing that. Uh, it's it's a good time. Uh, there's usually about six thousand people go through it. Six five hundred people go through it in a weekend. Wow! Uh, just yeah, come on out. There'll be artisans of of all kinds. There's woodworkers, wood turners, carvers. Myself making selling toys. Um, there's soap people, homemade soaps. There's knitters, crocheters. Uh, all kinds of stuff, all handmade, all artisan, all local to this area where I am in Kingston, Ontario area. Come on out, support local, support small business. Uh, it is the holiday season. And, yeah, just come on out, say hello. Even if you don't buy anything, come say hello. Or if you don't buy something, go to the bar, have a six-pack, come back to my table. You'll like something. I was going to say, this looks really, really cool. I'm, I'm online right now, and... Um... Once again, give the name of the venue again. It's McKinnon Brothers Brewery. M-A-C-K-I-N-N-O-N Brothers Brewery. B-R-E-W-E-R-Y. Yes, I'm looking at it right now. And um, it's it says it's, you said, 1915 Country Road 22, Bath, Ontario. That's the one. Kingston, uh, yep. Yeah, this is uh this is legit. Holy cow, man, look at the mess hall they've got. This is sharp. I'm and telling it's you. Good time. And they're they're local guys. Uh the McKinnon brothers are local to this area. And they are the guys that do the brewing. They're they're not just a namesake, they do it all. They do the farming, they do the brewing. Uh they probably got five or six beer or maybe a few more than that. 
Uh, it, it is legit a good time, and they do a lot for the community around here as well. They wow. donate a lot to different food banks, a lot of donation stuff at that. So, yeah, come on out and check it out. And if you are, pop in, say hello. I'd love to see you. Guys, we're going to continue to plug this all the way up into the big weekend so you can go see the butt. Obviously, he's got great products right here. He's he's Santa butt, and if you're looking for great Christmas gifts and toys for the kids, definitely check him out. It's quality product. I can tell you that right now, speaking firsthand experience. If you want to get something that's going to last, it's not going to be that cheap, crappy stuff that you're going to find, that you're going to throw away, or the kids are going to get sick and tired of. This is something that you can pass along, and it can be a family heirloom as well. The prices are incredibly reasonable, but is a great dude. He's not going to send you the wrong way. Stop up to the booth. Say hi to him, his lovely missus. And uh, you know what would be really cool? If you uh, you talk a little wrestling to him and you tell him you, you listen to him on the podcast, I think that would definitely make his day as well. Love it. That would be fantastic. Guys, that's officially going to do it. We are all out of time. It has been fun. Thank you so much for joining us this week on Front Row Material. Uh, once again, we're brought to you by the MLW Radio Network. You can find us anywhere fine podcasts are made available absolutely free, such as Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, FM, anywhere else you listen to your fine podcast. Just go ahead and type us into your Google search. Just put in Front Row Material Podcast. You're going to see hundreds of episodes that we have you can download those once again absolutely for free once again follow me on social media follow the butt on social media and uh i think that's all of the plugs we need to do until next week so for christopher butt i am mike freeland it's been real it's been fun it's been real fun we'll catch you next week on the front row material brand my name is Mike Freeland, and if you're looking for an exciting wrestling podcast to add to your library, then look no further than the Front Row Material brand. Each and every week, I sit down with some of the most exciting superstars in the world of wrestling, from upcoming stars in the indies to dedicated veterans of the squared circle. I also host a daily podcast called Headlines, which gives you the updated information on all your favorite superstars in all your favorite promotions, giving you not only the backstage look, but also what are the industry experts saying about things. And finally, join myself and my executive producer, The Rit, where we talk about everything in the world of professional wrestling all across the landscape, from storylines to interviews to what's happening and what we think is going to be happening the next time you turn on your TV. Don't miss it. It's the Front Row Material brand brought to you by the MLW Radio Network. The